this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to part two of our Shanghai Disney Retail Magic, where we've been canvassing the entire park, talking about the retail offerings that are made available to guests as they visit Shanghai Disneyland. In our previous post, we had a chance to look at the retail magic found along the right side of Mickey Avenue, and then heading over to um, Adventure Isle, Treasure Cove, and then one half moving uh, counterclockwise through Fantasyland. Today we want to continue that direction, finishing out Fantasyland, moving through Tomorrowland, and then finishing out the right side of Mickey Avenue as you exit. Plus, we want to talk about World of Disney uh, as you enter Disney Town. So please make sure you check our notes page, which does have a lot of photos and illustrates a lot of things we're going to talk about. I think uh, I've been fortunate to be able to share some details and um, some photos and insights that probably not been able to get in other um, podcasts or posts that have been made available um, thus far. Let's, uh, let's begin with Fantasyland. Um, there are many characters covered in Fantasyland. I mentioned Winnie the Pooh and Snow, Wh Snow White or the Seven Dwarfs. More particularly, Alice in Wonderland has an attraction. Um, actually, I should say Snow White has two attractions. The Seven Dwarfs have their mind right, but Snow White has a walkthrough attraction within the castle. So she actually has two. Winnie the Pooh has two with the honeypots. Uh, Frozen has a sing-along, Peter Pan has one, um, and Pinocchio has a restaurant, um, and the um, Voyage to the Crystal Grotto attraction focuses on, on Beauty and the Beast, on Aladdin, on Fantasia, on Mulan, on Little Mermaid, on Tangled, so you get quite a sprinkling of uh, Disney animated films as you go throughout it. The only uh, perhaps disappointing thing, if I would say, uh, for this land is that there isn't more uh, Beauty and the Beast coverage. The only thing you really get is a mercantile uh, location called Be Our Guest Boutique. Um, and it's a lovely little rest, uh, not restaurant, I think you'd be our guest, restaurant Magic Kingdom. It's a lovely little shop, uh, sandwiched just uh, beyond, or just adjacent to Peter Pan's flight. And it's, it's even got references to Mrs. Potts and to Chip and Lumiere and, and inside the store. It's, it's really, it's really quite clever and it's, it's really quite cute. Um, another similar one is Bonjour. Um, uh, well, what I was going to say is the merchandise is very similar to Bonjour Gifts, which is in the Magic Kingdom. You know, it's right by Gaston's. I think, it, you know what, the Gaston little pub would have been a really good extra a choice to have added for Fantasyland. I think that's the thing that's missing here, I mean, it would have been great if they had had a restaurant or the ride similar to Beauty and the Beast. One of my favorite things is there are three clocks, and we show this in the text page. There are three clocks that show the time, 
and one is for Fantasyland, and which is pretty much uh, that time in Shanghai. And then the other one is uh, Neverland, which looks a little like the King Ben, uh, ben um, Big Ben clock, has that kind of face to it. And it seems to show maybe the time in London. And then the third clock is quite whimsical, and it's Wonderland. And the numbers on it make no sense, and hence the time makes no sense on it. But then Wonderland makes no sense. So I love that little touch on the on the clock wall. Um, you see this kind of uh, dessert-style touches to the retail shelving. And... Um, and then uh, there's kind of a set of restrooms that kind of blend into this whole area. In fact, there's kind of a, a courtyard kind of out between this. It kind of connects uh, this um, Be Our Guest Gifts with the next retail location, which is Mickey and Minnie's Mercantile. And this kind of goes back to a medieval theme, kind of similar to... Um, the beanstalk, Jack and the Beanstalk theme, although there is no beanstalk and anything of that nature. This is a, a location for hats. It's a location for uh, clothes and merchandise along that uh, way. There's a, a royal charter on the wall. It says, by royal charter, the Fantasyland Guild of Tailors doth hereby decree that M. Mouse is a member in good standing having exhibited excellence of the highest order in his craft. And, uh, um, and uh, below that is, um, um, well, below that is an additional um, honor done in Chinese. But beyond that, I was going to mention, if you take a look at the wallpaper behind it, or actually it's kind of a print on the wall, you'll see scissors and how they've been kind of blended into this stripe setting on one side. And then on the other side, you see this mosaic that's been done. It's so clever. Again, I have an image of it. It's Mickey is the tailor, but it's all done in colorful buttons. So little yellow buttons for his shoes and, and um, blue buttons for the background and so forth. Again, it's very cute. When I mentioned in part one, the idea that there are three major retail shops, the two that I just described, and then the um, Winnie the Pooh one, I had forgotten entirely another major gift shop. And, I, and this is a total miss on my part because it is probably the loveliest gift shop in the entire park. And that is Fantasy Fair. Fantasy Fair is a gift shop that is inside Enchanted Storybook Castle. And it's actually ran by Erebus Brothers. And when you walk into this store, which is a large space, considering it's inside the castle, you see that the, the decor is bright and beautiful and elegant. It's royal. It is a beautiful retail setting done majestically the the chandeliers are very cool the design on the ceiling very cool in the center of it um and, and by the way i heard this uh, podcast the other day 
or no, it was a video, somebody talking about how terrible Enchanted Storybook Castle is and at Shanghai Disney, how ugly it is and it's just a big box. And I'm thinking, and then the video didn't even go inside the castle. And I have to admit that it's kind of hard to get used to the salmon color that you kind of get with that Enchanted uh, Storybook Castle at Shanghai. It's a little reminiscent of the color tone, although not quite the same, that they've put onto Cinderella Castle at the Magic Kingdom. But if you wanted to see what Enchanted Storybook Castle would look like if you put the blue and white of Cinderella Castle on top of it, then check out this image. You're gonna see an image of that castle done in blues and whites, all in gems by Airbus Brothers. It's just adorable. And then one little cute Disney touch is up above one set of ornate cabinets it's a little cage with Cricky or Cricky from uh, the cricket that is in Mulan. So again, beautiful. Again, I cannot imagine anybody talking about that castle being ugly because the atrium is gorgeous. The mosaics in the atrium are gorgeous. The um, the restaurant is. I mean, I like Cinderella's royal table, but it's very medieval and really doesn't have the look that attended to the film Cinderella. But this, they've got a Cinderella room. It matches the film. And oh, by the way, they also have a Sleeping Beauty room and a Mulan room and a Snow White room and a Princess and the Frog room. And they are all elegantly done. They also have a Bibbidi Boppity Boutique. And then I also mentioned this Snow White uh, walkthrough attraction uh, that is up at the top of the castle. So this this castle does not need to apologize for anything. It is it is a stunning castle on many levels. Leaving Fantasyland, we head on over to the newest retail location, which is in the newest land at Shanghai Disneyland. It's Al's Toy Barn. And it's really kind of themed as a large red toy bucket version of Al's toy barn that sells toys inside. So it's a it's a toy barn bucket looking like a barn selling toys. <laughs> and uh, inside its theming involves lots of uh, chickens and eggs kind of spread throughout, kind of appropriate for the barn. So there's kind of a kind of a comic gesture with that. And of course, the retail is very much all about Toy Story. And and I haven't seen anything in the retail that really looks a whole lot different than what you're seeing in other Toy Story shops, like in the, in, well, I would say like in the retail shop in Toy Story Land at, at um, Toy Story Land in uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios, but they don't have a very good retail space. They have a couple of kiosks and then they kind of dedicated an old employee cast member break room at uh, Mickey Mania, or no, I mean, sorry, Midway Mania uh, as a toy shop, but it's it's a poor excuse for it. They, they really missed the opportunity of putting a retail space at Disney's Hollywood Studios, but notwithstanding, they do also have, by the way, at and we'll have to do a, a study of this, the Toy Story Hotel at um at shanghai disney it is not from a hotel 
accommodation, the kind of hotel I like to stay in. But I got to tell you, it has a whimsical look in its hallways and rooms that is very cool. And they have a really nice uh, gift shop inside of that hotel as well. Again, very well themed to Toy Story. Um, now, it's off to Tomorrowland. Now, we all know that the biggest joke is that every Disney attraction leads to a gift shop. Well, the gift shop in Tomorrowland is an exception to this rule because that gift shop, which goes by the name of, um, I believe it's the Intergalactic Imports, is the one I'm talking about, yeah, uh, is actually not at the exit of one attraction, it's at the exit of two attractions. It's actually at the exit of Buzz Lightyear Planet Rescue, which is similar to the Buzz Lightyear rides we have at Magic Kingdom and Disneyland, uh, but it's also at the exit of Stitch Encounters. So they come in from different directions and they converge, which means they sell merchandise that's themed around both Toy Story and around Stitch. Um, and it's a very contemporary, very nice looking gift store, very clean uh, look to it. But the, but the retail, if you want to talk about retail products that are exciting, the one to go to at... Um, at uh, Tomorrowland is Power Supplies. Power Supplies sells gifts themed to Tron Light Cycle Power Run. And let me tell you, they have cool, cool gifts. And uh, if you imagine plush of Mickey and Donald and Goofy in Tron outfits, that just begins, and t-shirts that are very cool, and toys and models that are all themed around Tron, bags that are themed around Tron, very cool gifts. Um, gifts that glow in the night and so forth. Even, <laughs> even Duffy Bear <laughs> Tron outfits, because you know Duffy likes to, likes to have that Tron black, leather kind of look, I guess. But anyway, the funny thing about this, and I'm gonna, it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out, because this is a weak point in Tomorrowland's merchandise, or in, for any merchandise in Shanghai Disney, is that it's more of an open air kiosk. Well, it's not open air, it is closed, but it is a very tight space. It is at the exit to the attraction, but it is so tight a space as to, not really do it justice. And and with people coming off the ride, it was cluttered and difficult to maneuver and get through. That was a disappointing space and location. Now, at Magic Kingdom, when Tron opens there, my guess is that they're going to use the Tomorrowland um, Power and Light Company, that same space where you step off of Space Mountain there, you're not going to be stepping off a of Tron to go th um, through that space, but if they're smart, I think they're going to open up the back of that space because there's so much space there. In fact, there's even an additional section that used to be, um, do you remember? It used to be uh, games and arcades, arcade games. And, uh, and so that space is a very large space that could be used for retail. And it would be a shame if they didn't take advantage and have a lot of really cool 
Tron Retail. My son-in-law gave me um, a Tron Lego set of the light cycle. So cool. And that sits on my shelf. It's uh, part of my, uh, as a grandfather, I am collecting cool toys for my grandchildren when they come visit me. They got to grow up a little bit, but hey, I'm excited for that. So anyway, that's the, that's the big retail product in Tomorrowland. Now, let's return back to Mickey Avenue and we're going to head into what's referred to as Avenue M, M for Mickey, Arcade. Now, when you think of arcade, again, we think of the games and that type of thing, but arcade is also used often for to reference a, uh, a retail space. And that's what we have nearly all the way through. We have a large space where you can walk in from beginning to end and stay inside the whole space, but it's still broken up into, um, into different retail areas of focus. The space, when you come toward it, when you approach the space, the strangest part about it is it models the Carthay Circle Theater. Not in the size of Disney California Adventure, more in the size and scope of the retail space that you see on Sunset Boulevard when you're at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Again, that's part of what makes Mickey Avenue so... It's not Toontown, but it's this... It's a, this amalgamation of different things. I mean, opposite side of the street, they have a Remy's a Patisserie um, Bakery, and it's all kind of done Paris style. So it's just this, it's this hodgepodge of, of architecture all put together. And this is what brings you into um, Avenue M Arcade. It is essentially Shanghai Disneyland's Emporium. It stretches the entire side of the street um, you could traverse the entire length of it and never go outside. The word arcade suggests a covered passageway with shops along both sides. That pretty well defines what you will experience. Each retail outlet holds its own thematic experience as well as dedicated merchandise. For instance, one boutique suggests a sort of bird in a gilded cage look. Only the bird, in this case, is Daisy. The chandeliers are within a cage. It's a very, um, it's um, it's very feminine in its style and approach, and it, it's very well. It's very Daisy, um, but that is that is one shop within this entire arcade. There are other entry points into this sort of mini retail mall emporium. For instance, one is Goofy about toys. That's what the sign says outside. You've got a picture of Goofy and he's standing kind of almost in a lighthouse tower, but the top of it is in the shape of the, the top of a ship with its mast and everything, sort of like Admiral Boom's roof next to the bank's household in Mary Poppins. It's very eclectic, very... Um, very random in its design. It's got an anchor coming down the side of the wall. Um, inside, Goofy has been responsible for the look and feel of the shop, which plays off of his how-to cartoon series. You remember that? Like it was how to ski and how to play football. All the sports were how-to. One of the later ones that was ever done was a, one based on how to connect your home theater system. And it was pretty funny. 
and they play off of this and if you, the image we show in the in the notes page shows the cashiers and behind it you see all these tvs crammed together with wires all uh pulling it together and connecting it even caution tape it's it's very goofy looking it's perhaps maybe too congested looking it's just a little much um and but it but you have to you have to give them credit there are details all over this thing for instance uh up along the the top shelves there is a random and i'm talking random assortment of disneyland long playing albums now if you go back to the baby boomer days like me you know that there used to be the you buy record albums and disneyland uh records that's the name of the record label they had all sorts of records and i here we have i mean it's not like alice in wonderland and cinderella and snow white no we have like songs from heidi the story of black beauty peter and the wolf walt disney and robin hood but not the robin hood you're thinking of it's the original film robin hood going back to uh, one of the first films ever did um goofy's dance party mickey and the beanstalk is just weird talk about showcasing the heritage of the most random disney merchandise ever created as an example heidi and black beauty were not even disney films they just handled producing and distributing the albums for other studios who had done the film it's a testimony to randomness um on other shelves you see the same kinds of things a a, a tambourine here a movie reel there an accordion there it's all very random and then you get to the ceilings and that too is really on the side of bizarre because in those instances uh, in some of the shops they don't even have a ceiling they just left expose all the pipes and everything and it just adds to the clutter meanwhile you'll step a few more feet and you'll go into another boutique store and here you have something that's completely tailored to Pandora products and other fine pieces. It's it's beautiful, it's clean, it's it's a completely different price point than what you saw in the previous shops. And in fact, as we move toward the final main part of the store, something that would be more akin to the actual emporium on the one corner of Main Street, you find very handsome finishes to to that the ceilings are beautiful here and the columns are beautiful very kind of a spanish mission style look to it but again it's all random every boutique has a totally different theme to it and then and in that section let me just say that adds an extra touch because as you exit through the doors there they have these stained glasses that uh, pay tribute to what seems to be Mickey's filler magic. You see him as a conductor. You see Minnie and Donald and Goofy and Pluto each playing instruments or being part of the concert. It's very lovely, very elegant. At the very end of all of this, you come to a vault and the vault is themed to Scrooge McDuck. And the idea is that you take your purchases into the vault 
and you enter into this bank area that looks like, you know, regular um, uh, areas you'd step up to do transactions in a bank. And there you actually make your purchases. And that's how they handle massive crowds. The same look and feel is actually found in Tokyo Disneyland. It's not a new look and feel, but um, I'm not sure how needed it is in this location because I, I seldom see crowds that crowded at the end of the day, but maybe, maybe they've found a lot of use to it. But um, this would, so this would be Scrooge McDuck's bank. It's, um, it's a little recessed and kind of the opening square as you enter the park again on the other side on the right as you exit. And appearing from the front, it looks kind of inaccessible. In fact, the door is really a vault. Um, the only exit is on the on the far left. Um, and again, I show a picture of what this looks like at Tokyo Disneyland as well. Only you see this thing incredibly busy um, at Tokyo. So all in all, these are the retail locations within the park. However, you may have missed something, you know? And so just like when you step out of the Disneyland Resort from Disneyland and California Adventure and you go a few feet into downtown Disney and there's the world of Disney. Well, Disney Town, which is their Disney Springs or their Disney um, uh, downtown Disney is is their location as well. And at the front of this is the world of Disney Store and this space is like any world of disney store it's big and holds essentially all of the merchandise you can find in the park so you wouldn't need a park ticket to go in and make these purchases because you could make them outside in this retail location and you find anything and everything i show you a map of the store layout it's quite extensive most of it's circular but there's one extension that kind of moves out beautiful um uh, compass um, that is um, on the floor with Mickey on it. Above it are air balloons. You remember if you haven't had a chance to listen to the first part of our Disney Springs series, we talked about the Village Marketplace and we talked about the souvenir shop that was at the Disney Village and it had a big air balloon with the characters in it. That continued on to the World of Disney store that was built at Downtown Disney and, and, and in both uh, California and Florida. And it also remains here on the ceiling, only it's a, instead of actual uh, devices or vehicles, um, dirigibles and so forth, it's just a big, big, big mural. There are also other tributes to different Disney films as you go around the, the walls and the peripheral. There are even tributes to other Disney parks and attractions. So at one point you come up to a big poster of the big car trolley um, that, and uh, that's in uh, Disney California Adventure. On another wall though, which makes sense, maybe they're enticing you to you know come out to California and visit California. But then there's another poster of an attraction that has long since left. It's the original 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea poster, not from 
Magic Kingdom, but from Disneyland. There used to be a walk-through exhibit of the actual props from the original uh, film that was showcased in Tomorrowland at Disneyland for the first several years. Uh, it's a great poster. Love the poster. Not sure what its purpose is, um, other than it's just Disney and theming and that type of thing. But any rate, you get a sense of the world of Disney um, when and of all the decor when you visit our notes page. That's a wrap for retail at Shanghai Disney. There is a lot to check out and you want to make sure you dedicate some time to actually doing that one whenever you visit um, Shanghai Disneyland. There's great attractions and there's some great dining experiences. We'll have to talk about those on another occasion. But you also want to check out the stores and retail experiences that complement the entire park experience. Well, that's it for another Disney at Work and Play podcast. We are glad that you could join us as we have talked about uh, Shanghai Disney Retail. Hope you've caught the first part. Make sure you catch the first part if you haven't, as well as all of our other podcasts. Make sure you please subscribe. If you have a chance to send a positive rating our way, please go to iTunes and uh, and do so. We appreciate any good word that you could send us, uh, send out to us and to others as we continue to get the word out about about um, the littlest podcast that could. <laughs> well, hey, thank you so much for joining us. Finally, in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. See you real soon. Thank you.